Welcome back to another episode of the Dark Rum Podcast. I am Kyle, and we have a special guest today, along with Jared and Matt, who hate when I do that, but we have Reverend Dan Todd. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Sure. Uh, Reverend Dan Todd, thanks for having me. Um, I am... Excuse me. I'm the uh, founder of New Jersey Ghost Detectives, a uh, member of the Order of Exorcists, Sacred Order of St. Michael, Order of Exorcists, as well as an exorcist in that order, as well as the chief uh, pastor of St. Benedict's Anglican Church, as well as the exorcist, too. Oh, wow. Awesome. Wow. How do you get into the to exorcism? You don't. It just finds you. All right. <laughs> well, what drew you to paranormal investigation, then? Um... I'm going to date myself, but Ghostbusters. Hey, hey I, I feel like that was a lot of our introduction. That, to yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I've always, I've always, I was always fascinated with it. And then throughout high school, I didn't really do much in, as a kid. But when I was in high school, I had an experience out in Gettysburg. And I just grew from there. Oh, what was the experience? I was at... Um, I can't remember if it was my going into my junior, my sophomore year or my junior year, but I was at Penn State for a football camp. And afterwards, it lined up with the weekend of the reenactment. So my father picked me up and we went to Gettysburg um, with my brother cool. uh, for the reenactment. But um, so while we were, you know, we we're like a day earlier. So uh, we were out in the battlefield, touring the battlefield, and um, we were up at Devil's Den and I saw a what I thought was a reenactor, but it happened to be that there actually was the Texan that was uh, set to haunt Devil's Den. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Like during that time period, that's got to be confusing because it's like, you know, both things are happening at once. We, yeah. we have a lot of people, uh, given our area, that <clears throat> that go there for class trips. I've always wanted to go and have never gotten to yet. I missed I my class trip there. there next month. Oh, oh cool. awesome. No, I'm beginning of December. Close enough. When this comes out, it'll be it'll <laughs> be, be the close. day it'll before be. November. It's basically yeah. a month. It's a month. <laughs> this will be coming out probably Monday or on Halloween. Yeah, itself, it'll be Monday so. or Tuesday. This will be out. Okay. Yeah. So, how did the New Jersey Ghost Detectives start? Did it kind of start like as an informal group, or did you know you were starting it when you did? Um, <clears throat> well, it all started twenty three years ago. Um. Me and my wife were um, out in Gettysburg, and we were, we decided to do a, a ghost hunt through um, uh, what the what's her name? Um, I can't think of the name right now. Um, Gettysburg Ghost Tours, and right from there we we're like, hey, let's keep doing this. So we just kind of started going to different locations and and doing, it. and then we formed the then we formed the team our ourselves a team of just me and her and we did that for a few years and then we branched off and added more people and we've gone through a few name changes um over the years but we settled on new jersey ghost detective right now um but uh that's basically how we how we got started just kind of doing it as a hobby and now now doing it 
professionally. Um, I really don't have much more much to do with the paranormal as much as I like to, mm-hmm. but perks of the job, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. The the farther you, you the better you become at something, you end up doing it less and helping other yeah. people do it. Yeah, my team my team my team uh handles most of the paranormal investigations. I do the dark stuff. Gotcha. So so you mentioned a team. Uh how many people do you work with? Um on the team I have five or six people. Oh wow! Oh, okay, that's a that's, that's a decent cool. sized team. Yeah, about six people. And you guys are up in Highbridge, right? Yeah. So, like, have you? That's a nice little town. I've been there before for like work reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a lot of stuff going on there? I believe there's actually a lot of uh, demonic activity in this town, just from the history of the town, and we've had. Um, a doctor killed his entire family by poisoning them. Oh, and then wow. wow. Himself. I've never heard that story. Uh, it's you really, you're not going to find it unless you really, really look into it. Um, but there's been a <laughs> in town, uh, a couple murders. Um, over that's the crazy. It's such a small town, yeah. too. But I, I can see it has a lot of history. I mean, there's a lot of stone buildings and stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I believe it, it actually dates back before the Revolutionary War. Oh, wow. Before the foundry, um, Foundry was making military uh, arm, uh, ammunition till World War, maybe a little bit after World War II. Might, might even have been the Korean War or Vietnam, whichever one came first. I forget. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Warren County had so much of that because me and Matt here are from Phillipsburg, which was they were building all kinds of military stuff during that time too mm-hmm. over at Ingersoll Ran. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Highbridge was actually a target for the Germans. They were gonna uh, bomb, bomb the foundry. Oh, I did not know that. Um, they they said the same thing. Um, not in the same time. This was during Desert Storm, but they said the same thing for Phillipsburg because yeah. of uh, Atlantic States, which now is McWayne Wayne Ductile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm from Bethlehem, so Bethlehem Steel's yep. always a target. Not any longer. <laughs> Not anymore, yeah. You don't have to steal no yeah. more. Yeah. So, yeah, now it's like casinos. Now it's a casino. <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot of people there. That's it. Yeah. Although, actually, no, they still they still make, there's still uh, there's still a foundry there. Yeah, there's yeah. American Steel. It's just a lot, oh. it's a lot smaller now. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. It's a tiny little building that yeah. is surrounded <laughs> by all of the, the the skeletons of Bethlehem Steel. Gotcha. And, yeah, and they, they filmed the Transformers opening there. They did. Yeah. That was that was actually quite annoying. Yeah, they filmed that over by the museum. Yep. Yeah. See, you didn't get in there, but we had a friend that did. Oh no, I, I did. <laughs> I drove I drove by while they were filming. No, he was on the set. He got kicked out later. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't try to jump that fence. Uh, but no. Um, so. How did I want? How was I going to ask this? The when it comes to investigating, I was watching some of the stuff from uh, from your Facebook page uh, about like people first noticing um, like activity in a house. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be how, what would be the difference between when you said like more demonic activity? Like what what gives those uh, or like what hints towards that rather than I just was actually going to ask like, that question like yeah. any other kind of paranormal thing. There, uh, reality, there's really not much uh, difference. I mean, haunt, there's d- demons will be able to um, amp up things more. Um, they can break glass. They can um, 
throw you around. They can throw things around, objects around. Um, they can move objects. They have a little bit more uh, power than just say your average ghost. Okay. Uh, so your average your average haunting would be more of like a residual haunting, which would be just kind of like it shows up, it's doing its thing, and then it just goes away. Yeah, and those are more like movies, like the magnetic field of the area recorded things happening over and over. Again. Yeah, and then... Um, like it's an entity that appears beside you, like not necessarily yeah. interacting with you. Yeah, yeah, what? and then intelligent haunting would be the one where it interacts with you. Um, you know, it would be like your your grandmother coming to see you or your parents or something like that. Um, so no, when, it comes, when it comes to demonic hauntings, you'll hear um, there's three stages of demonic hauntings infestation oppression and possession infestation stage is where you'll hear like the scratching on the wall scratching on the glass glass breaking um you'll, you'll get weird smells you know like uh sewage and uh, stuff like that um oppression is where you basically are depressed um you know you're you're depressed you're having suicidal thoughts because it's telling you to hurt yourself a demon cannot kill you it will. It cannot kill you. God will not allow it. So no matter no matter what the movies say, it will not kill you. And I'm gonna kind of spoil spoil the new Exorcist uh, ending. <laughs> in that movie, uh, I thought that movie was good up uh, up until the end when uh, the demon broke the priest's neck and turned his head 180 degrees. Um, that cannot happen. Like I said, a demon cannot kill you. They can. They can hit you they can beat you up um our bishop has been uh, uh hospitalized from exorcisms um and tried wow. to in 2013 he actually almost lost his life because he had a uh um what was it called uh pericardia which is like blood around the heart like a sack of blood around the heart and it was squeezing his heart oh um and he got that from getting hit with a spiritual two by four. Oh wow yeah so um, they can they can harm you, but they cannot kill you. Okay, um, yeah. The we recently interviewed other paranormal investigators who um, they were more on the poltergeist side of that. So this is definitely a more interesting, like a take we haven't heard yet about the demonic side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, guess I guess that's the difference between they they looked at it a little bit more scientifically compared to you. Definitely do have uh, the lens because of your background of religion, uh, so you have right. that extra insight. Right. Well, going well. When I mean, there's a lot of teams that will discount demonic activity, and if in fact, if you actually look at a lot of teams and a lot of people, um, a lot of people have demonic entities following them around. Now, a demon, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, they they look for the opportune moment. Um. So let's say, let's say you went to a place like. Uh, Penhurst, okay, mm -hmm. or, or Letchworth Village up in New York, okay, a demon could have attached itself there to you, and you could bring it home, you could live for years without it even knowing, without you even knowing that it's there up until you do something, let's say you go for um, a tarot card reading or a Reiki session, that can, that, that could be an invite, a demon needs an invite um, to uh, possess you, they can attach themselves to you, but the actual to actually uh, possess you, and it has to be in, uh, invited. Interesting. Okay. 
That makes some sense. I, I, we did a, uh, an investigation last year for our first try. We went to Shades of Death Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, I didn't have anything, but my wife was getting scratched and she didn't know what was doing. It. And I was like, you know what that means, right? <laughs> you got to be careful when you're doing anything in the paranormal. Everybody, everybody thinks, uh, you know, demons don't exist, but they, they do. Well, we do. We look at things from a very skeptical point of view, but we did bring a friend of ours who is a bit of a medium and we made sure that he like did some stuff to help us avoid anything that we didn't want to bring home. Except for yeah. Matt. Matt asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when you uh, so I know the Bible says that ghosts are demons, but that's contradicted in the Bible. Where Jesus, when Jesus walks on water, and a couple other uh, passages as well, um, they thought he was a ghost, and Jesus said, "No, it's me." So they did believe in ghosts back then. Um, can a demon mimic it? Mimic uh, a ghost? Oh yeah, it can show itself as anything it wants. Um, they can they can mimic your voice. They can mimic um, basically anything. Uh, so you don't. So you really don't know if you're talking to uh, a human spirit or, or a demonic spirit. Um, so that's why that's why you got to be very careful. And there's a lot of teams out there. And there's a lot of people out there that sit there and say, "We invite you to talk to us." Blah blah blah. Well, guess what? Now you just now you just opened the doorway. It's kind of um, like the whole the whole thing with the welcome mats and vampires. <laughs> so you're just throwing well, a, you're throwing a general <laughs> welcome out there. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, they you know, and it, it's and people people don't realize that, and then you know they call they tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. They do that they do that with everybody in this in this part of the field, and yeah. then you know when things happen, they call nine one one. Yeah, it's it's what are the cops gonna do? <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm talking about paranormal nine one one. Oh, paranormal nine one one. Okay, <laughs> okay. We are, we're we're the la- we're the, we're the front lines. Uh, of uh, spiritual warfare. Occasionally, they do call the real nine one one, like uh, Jeff yeah, the mongoose case and the oh, Edinburgh. That's, that's true. One that you had police there for that. Yeah, I mean, do. doesn't well, doesn't, doesn't ever down, stop it. <laughs> no, it doesn't help at all. Well, if you go down to Shepherdstown, um, I'm friends. I'm friends with Mike King from Ghost of Shepherdstown, and um, I asked him the one day. I said, "Hey, what was real on the show and what was not?" And he said it was all real. All the cases, all the cases were real. It's just how they portrayed it, yeah, um, and stuff. And I actually spoke to one of his officers one day. We were down, we were down at the boat launch there, uh, looking for the upside down cross. And one of his officers, officers came down, and was just kind of chilling there, you know, relaxing and stuff like that. So we, we walked up to him because we weren't sure if we were supposed to be there because it was after dark. But um, and we started talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I had this call, had this call, and you know, so." Cops do cops do get a lot of cases like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, from even though we do look at everything from a skeptical view, I think at least me and Matt have always been like since like childhood interested in these kinds of things. We had our own experiences and stuff. It's just as we grow up, we kind of like faded some of it. So I can I can see how the police would be called for stuff like that and go to those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, in reality, if you don't know really who to call, who you're going to call anyway. Yeah. 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 You were you were talking about the uh like the the mimicking. My mom um and my aunt always tell a story from I was a little before before I was born, so probably like the early eighties, she was in her house and yelling down the steps and my mom's like, 
she, you know, the, my aunt's like, you know, I'll, I'll be down in a minute. I'll take you in a minute. And my mom's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, Jeremy, my son's yelling at me to take me, take him to his friend's house. And my mom's like, he has not been here for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to suck you in and get you to invite them um, in. Um, now when, when a demon shows itself to you, there's always going to be one, one problem with it where it's, it's not going to show itself as a full human. It's always going to have like a horn or a missing eye or some kind of defect when when they manifest. Okay. We've read a lot of stories about uh, some cryptids and stuff that were like that, where like they try, but they can never pull off the full look. Yeah. Yeah. It's always Uncanny Valley. I was going to say, yeah, Uncanny Valley. Skinwalkers and the not deer. <laughs> Jared has yeah. some experience with uh, some demonic stuff, though, uh, coming at him when he was a child. So that'd be... Interesting yeah. to hear your take on that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the things that you stated, um, yeah, no, d- do track very closely with uh, a story. Like we, we had an, we had a, uh, an episode that I guested on before I became a co-host um, where we talked about demons and I shared my experience. And a lot of what you were stating kind of tracks with, uh, with, with what my experience was. And then also some residual kind of lingering things that happen every so often. Um, where when I was younger, I was, I was uh, not necessarily into the occult, but I was into the idea of, he wanted to be in the hip hop Illuminati. I had had magical powers where it seemed really, really like (laughs) seemed really cool. So I was, I was doing like research and kind of doing a lot of meditation and just kind of throwing an open, like, Hey, I would like magic powers from wherever I can possibly get them. Something come give me magical powers. Uh, which then led to just a whole bunch of terrible nightmares, hearing a bunch of things, seeing a bunch of things, uh, which was then followed by very deep depression, very deep anxiety. And uh, yeah. And then literal waking hallucinations is what I always refer to them as where I would see an entity like almost goading me, trying to get me to the point where I would just kill myself. Um, And that was that always felt like what the end goal was that it was this this oppressive force that was constantly trying to get me to end my life. Uh, is that like the goal for most demons? Like, are are, the, are they trying to possess you? Are they trying to get you to kill yourself? Like, what what is the end game? Their goal is to destroy um, man because man is created in God's image. So when Lucifer and his angels fell from heaven. Um, they became Satan and and demons. They're still angels. They're fallen mm-hmm. angels. They still have all their powers, um, and and all that. But when um, that's basically their end goal is they wanna they wanna rule the world. I mean, if you look at um the way things are going right now, especially in politics, you know they're they're very prevalent in politics. I mean. You know, Nancy Pelosi's possessed, you know, her and her ice cream. Um, but I was actually watching a good video the other day. Let me see if I can find it. Actually, I was watching it yesterday. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Do, 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 do. It is, nope, that's me. Here it is. It's called Fallen Angels Are in Control of America by End Times Productions on YouTube. Okay, we'll check okay. that out. It's it, it it explains a lot and it makes a lot everything that they talk about makes a lot of sense. 
as to the way things the way things are going, the way things are running, and all that. Um, and it's true, you know. Um, there's a lot of celebrities, in fact, that have um, given themselves to the devil to gain uh, popularity, money, um, anything like that. Beyonce is one of them. Um, uh, who was it? Um, I think Ozzy Os- Osbourne was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's plenty of them out there. That, there- that- there was a time when I was heavily researching the Illuminati and I would just constantly tell Jared who was in it or like who just joined. Cause a new music video would come out. I'd be like, Hey, you got to see this. Yeah. We would drive by like Taco Bell and I'd be like, that's Illuminati symbols on there. Cause they just remodeled it. He hated that part. <laughs> Actually, believe it, or, believe it or not. There's a lot of, there, there are a lot of symbols that resemble demonic sigils mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. I mean, even, even witchcraft, you know, witchcraft, uh, is the occult tarot cards are, are part of the occult because it's all it's all divination. Uh, witchcraft opens that door. I mean, obviously, I can't tell you what to what to believe. You know, that's part of your free will. Um, but you know, I always tell everybody if you're going to get into witchcraft, if you're going to get into the occult, make sure you know what you're doing because it will turn on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot control a demon. I don't care who you are. So if you if you do a spell on somebody and uh, you know, send a demon to them and try to control the demon. It's, they're gonna, they're gonna do what you want, and then they're gonna want more. You know, they're very, they're very greedy like that. Mm. Always comes with a cost. Exactly, it always comes with a cost. So whether they come after you or whether they co- they keep going after your your intended target, you know, it it's their it's their choice. Mm. But um, always make sure you know what you're doing. Always have your protections in place. Because you, you, even when you're ghost hunting, you know, like I said, a demon, a demon can show itself as a child, and that's a lot of the times what they do. They yeah. show itself at themselves as ch- children because they're the easiest story because people feel sorry for children that pass away. So that's that's how they work it. Yeah, that's the, well, that's kind of the story I always heard. And uh, mm-hmm. we did a big episode on black eyed children, and we debated between whether or not those were demons or. Uh, my my co-host at that time thought they were vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I, I don't. I haven't really looked into it uh, that much. I mean, black eyes is one of the uh, signs of possession. I mean, I'm talking dark black eyes, which is what um, those children had. Yeah. I it, it, I read a little bit of it. I would say more possession than anything. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Because. Just of, just from what I've read now, you know, I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. And um, so, but if I don't know, I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's stuff. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you you can't, if you, if you're saying you know it all, you don't know it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, pr- that's probably yeah, the I, most accurate way to say it. We it, don't claim. It, it, yeah. We don't I mean, there's a, guy, there's a guy that, there's a guy that claims he's done thousands of exorcisms a year his name is bob larson and supposedly he's a real he's the real exorcist quote unquote and i watched you know, I videos before yeah you, you that guy if you're gonna go to him be careful because it, the way the way he works his exorcisms is not the right way you don't you don't sit there and have a full-on conversation with it and um and all that you want to know you want to know a few things you want to know its name and it's date and time of departure, and that's it. Yeah. Um, because you know, having the name gives us gives us power over it. 
What, but, um, <clears throat> what's the date and time for? The date and time is to know how long it's it's planning on being there. Oh, oh, departure of you mean from the like communication from the, from the person? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, they always lie, so it's never it never turns out to be the right number anyway. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, the case I'm going to later uh, is it keeps telling me that it's never going to leave. It's never going to leave, but it's going to leave because I already cast one out last okay. week. So, um, the case you have tonight, is that something you can talk about at all? Not really. Okay. That's fair. Not really. The only thing I can say is that she, she did Reiki and now here we are. Yeah. Uh, Reiki, Reiki is the, the woman who actually did the Reiki on her is who gave this to her. She's, uh, she, she claims she calls on, on God to heal the people, which she's not calling on God because God won't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Reiki is an exchange of energy, so she took her good energy and replaced it with her bad energy. So I know a little bit about that. In high school, I tried to to do some psychic vampire stuff because I had a book, and I was like, that'd be fun. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, and then I had sleep paralysis, and I stopped doing that. <laughs> well, you know, everybody, every, sleep paralysis is an actual um <clears throat> Uh, medical issue, medical problem. Yeah. Um, so just because you have sleep paralysis doesn't mean you've got a demon or you're possessed or anything like that. No, but it lined up with um, the stuff I was doing. Plus, I had a sick relative in my house at the time, and the research I was saying <laughs> said that that could be something that would cause that to happen in a more uh, supernatural way than the the regular way. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, you know, like I said, you got to be careful with everything. You know. Yeah. It, you know, just just talking about him gives it power. Mm-hmm. Right now, right now, I'm sure I'm gonna have a hell of a fight tonight because we're just talking about demons. Yeah. Um, and so, but uh, you know, I always win in the end. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can't. I know you can't talk about the one that you're gonna be dealing with tonight. But is there any any exorcism that you've been a part of that like stands out? That's like a memorable experience, or like is like. The one that if you were going to explain what an exorcism was like, this would be the one that you would talk about. Um, I really have to be honest with you. They really haven't done many. Um, I, a lot of my cases were, um, I was able to stop the case by removing an object. Um, okay. That's why I, I have, um, I have a storage unit full of cursed items. I saw that on, <clears throat> on your Facebook page. I was actually going to ask mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Um, sort of so like not, not, Yeah, not everything is a possession. Not not everything is a demon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times, a lot of times it's mental health, or uh, or it just needs a good cleansing. That's all. The house needs a good cleansing, or the person just needs a good cleansing, and and stuff. And a lot of times, if it's not a demon or anything like that, it'll just go away on its own. That's something we've heard a lot is that it's not, it's usually not a ghost. There's like, that's like the one in 10 chance that that's actually what's going on. So what that there's a demon there or like, yeah, like an actual paranormal event. And it's not something like that. Uh, that a lot of the times it is something like men, debunkable. like mental health or, yeah. you know, there's like another, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, mental health, <clears throat> mental health, demonic possession go hand in hand. Um, they, they like to hide behind mental health. So that's why, Anytime we have a case, we ask for a uh, physical report from their doctor to make sure they're physically fit to withstand an exorcism. If um, 
it comes down to it, and a psychological report. And personally, even if it's not a demonic case, we always ask for a psychological report anyway because it doesn't hurt to have one. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're dealing with a case. We're dealing with a case right now up in New York that um, she's got a history of psych issues, and she was diagnosed. She was diagnosed with them, and she's not taking her medication, but she's seeing all this stuff. Well, that's a good reason why she's she's um, seeing all this stuff. Yeah, she's not taking medications, and all this stuff's happening in her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when um, that happens, you know, we're going to say, look, we're not doing an exorcism on you. And in fact, even doing a paranormal investigation can kind of add, add to her alter. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, and which can cause more problems, even mm-hmm. if they're doing good. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but that's, you know, we don't want, we don't want anybody going out there hurting somebody or anything. And, oh, well, well, this, this guy told me, uh, no. Yeah. We'll always err on the side of medical caution. Mm-hmm. But if, you have unexplained things and doctors can't figure it out, then that's when we move to the paranormal. Yeah. And someone going through, through an episode like that, uh, hearing it from who they are reaching out to as an expert might actually help guide them towards doing the healthy thing a lot better than just hearing it from somebody else saying, Oh no, I think you should start taking your meds again. Hearing it from the person that they reached out to might Mm -hmm. actually be more helpful. So I can definitely see how you guys would be very helpful in that, in that instance. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I mean, I, this is probably the first case in a couple of years that uh, uh, hello AI. Um, <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the first case in a few years that it's actually been a possession. My, I took a break in 2018 um, just because I was having some issues with some people. And oddly enough, oddly enough I believe that they're, they're, uh, they got demons um, because of one of them is a Reiki practitioner. And, and I noticed, I noticed her changing when she became one. Like I, I noticed the changes and stuff and they just started giving us issues. And, you know, it came down to an event where, uh, one of their, um, uh, vendors had threatened my wife, threatened to kill my wife. And, you know, oh, Jesus, typical, wow. you know, typical guy. I mean, I got in the guy's face and was telling him, look, dude, you know, you threaten to kill my wife, you're going to have to go through me. Yeah. And, you know, this guy was a veteran and all that. And there there was, you know, they had issues with that. And, and oddly enough, me and the veteran talked about it afterwards. And it was just mistaken, um, uh, what you call it? He thought it was mistaken, a case of mistaken identity. And he did, you know, he did apologize. I apologize to him, you know. That's, good. That's a good ending. Part. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it, the drama still continued because there's, you know, God forbid the paranormal should have no drama. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still continued. In fact, they, they even opened up a portal in my toilet at my house. And for years, I just left it open because we just didn't really care. You know, we, we didn't really let it bother us. I, in fact, I always told it, if you're going to live here, you better start uh, doing some chores. <laughs> <laughs> I say that and they, they right back down the <clears> toilet. <throat> they, 
Um, but it not until recently is when it actually picked up and I had to close it. I I, I did a uh, a minor write on it and uh, closed it. So what kind of stuff comes out of something like that? Very crappy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, Perfect uh, response. <laughs> Uh, a portal, you know, a portal is an open door to um, anything, you know, to, to the other realms. So you can get demons, ghosts, uh, monsters, or, you know, whatever, whatever your imagination uh, can think of. Usually, mm-hmm. usually you get like a demonic entity or something like that. Okay. Um, but uh, they're more adventurous. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, but if you don't take care of it, it can get a lot worse. And, um, I mean, like I said, I, I it didn't really bother us very much. You know, very very rarely would would they ever would they ever come up, but when they did, or just put them down. Okay. And so. So yeah, you said you haven't done very many exorcisms, but you've been investigating for a long time. Is there any like paranormal investigations that really like uh, stand out? Yeah. Um, I was doing, oddly enough, with the same people, I was doing a public event and out in Gettysburg at the orphanage, and I actually had a partial possession myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, um, I was provoking. I was, you know, I was pulling the Zach Baggins. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to ask about that. That was always, God, I love that show. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, got possessed every time. Yeah, I, I was pulling him and I saw a white mist forming around me and I can see it like going into my mouth and my nose. And at one point, I don't remember. I don't remember this. The only thing I remember of it is get run is going. I was upstairs and I couldn't find my way out. It was like being in a smoky fire. Um, and then I was, I was let out of the building and whatever had its hold on me, let go. Uh, but uh, other day they said that I stood up, I was down in the pit. I stood up. And I stormed out to the point where I actually almost ripped the door off the old wooden door they have down there in the basement of the orphanage. I almost ripped it off the hinges and I stormed upstairs and I'm somehow I woke up, uh, you know, I became conscious up there, and, but I couldn't find my way out. That's intense. Wow. Yeah. I had to tell you what, though, I slept pretty good that night, though. I slept for about 12 hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Drained, <laughs> I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I was drained. Uh, we went to um, the Lincoln Diner afterwards, and you know, everybody was just saying like how pale I was. I was, I was, I was so pale. I was like a ghost. Oh wow, yeah, that's crazy. So you like know? it was like feeding off your energy or something. Oh yeah, it was definitely feeding off me. I I think if I would have stayed there, I would have had more issues. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah something like that. You definitely got to like just be like, I'm done now. Yeah, you got to remove yourself from the situation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't remember actually getting up and walking away and all that, but um, luckily, luckily, I did. I did have that experience where I got lost and somebody found me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. At least yeah, somebody came looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You storm well, off. I, I mean, I guess everybody's going to want to know where you're going. Yeah. Well, they said they said that I had people following me up the stairs, but you know they didn't get to me before this person did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. that's. I'd have to say I'd have to say that's my closest encounter with uh, possession as far as myself. Man, um, I've, had, I've had attachments, but you know, usually, usually they don't like, 
Yeah, yeah, they don't like me. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you're sending them away. So I was also yeah, gonna say, I'm like, uh, what do you, what do you do to protect yourself? Like, what are what are the the steps that you take before you go on an investigation or an exorcism or anything along those lines? Um, usually, uh, I start out with going to a confession. Um, I confess my sins. Um, I do mass. I, I receive I receive the Eucharist, whether I do it or I go to a church and do it. Um, we, uh, I do, I usually, when I do it, I, I usually do the penitential mass, you know, um, where I confess, I confess my sins in the mass as well as go to confession as well. You know, mm-hmm. it never hurts. Mm-hmm. A prayer, one thing, one thing I want to make clear to everybody, a prayer never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, even if somebody, yeah, even if somebody you know is having a problem, just say a prayer over them. Say the Hail Mary, the Our Father, uh, the Glory Be, uh, pray the Rosary, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then it, it, it depends on what we're doing. Usually, I'll I won't eat anything um, until the case is over. Yeah, you know, we're we're supposed to fast for um, I think it's a week oh, or so. Wow. I can't I can't do that medically. So yeah. I. Uh, yeah, you know, the day of, I'll I'll have like a, a breakfast or something, and then I won't eat anything the rest of the day. But if I get hungry, I'll have like a protein bar. Yeah, yeah, um, and and stuff. So I mean, I'm not completely fasting, but it's you know, it's like the I intent. Gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. do what you can. Well, I kind of don't agree with the fasting because you know you really need your strength. Yeah, yeah I was gonna and say that kind of weakens. It you, seems counterintuitive. Cool. It, it does. It, it really does. I mean, I'm going by what the catechism says, you know, to do. But in my opinion, I think I, you know, they, they say when when you fast, it gives you more power over over a demonic entity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm just, you know, not looking for it. I'm assuming I mean, it's more of just like a, a willpower compared to like physical strength kind of thing. But I feel like both are important in that situation. Oh, yeah, both- Oh yeah, both are definitely important. I mean, you know, you got to be you got to be in good physical condition. Um, and I'm not saying like for you know people like me who are fat, but um, <laughs> um, you know, you got to be in good physical health to to be able to do it because you know once you get hit with something by something that you can't see, it hurts. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. You know, I've I've had things thrown at me. I've had things. I've I've been hit. I've been. I've been shoved. I've been slapped. I've been, you know, God knows you name it. And that, and that was just from paranormal investigations. That had nothing to do with a, dem- a demon. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. You're going up in weight class at that point. You need, you need some strength. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, when it comes to fasting, I kind of do it my own way. And I, I always, I always ask God for God and, uh, the blessed Virgin and, uh, the saints for, uh, for some help. Okay. Gotta do it like a fighter. You know, you just, you fast, you, you cut weight, and then right before the fight, you get it all back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming you always have things like, you know, like, I'm assuming you have like a rosary on you, Bible, any, any like oh, yeah. waters or oils or anything along those lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's the toolkit look like? Uh, what I use is I have holy water, I have blessed oil, I have my crucifixes, I have... Um, Rosary, St. Benedict's Medal, the Bible, uh, the Rite, um, Book of Blessings, um, and prayer books and stuff like that. So TV and movies, though, they've always given us uh, salt as a thing. Does that really work? Blessed salt, yes. Okay, Okay, so specifically specifically blessed. 
Yeah, it's got to be blessed salt. Um, I use I use natural rock salt when when I make holy water. Um, because it comes from it comes from Mother Earth, so it's more pure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not granulated or anything like that. You know, it's chopped up in this, you know little bits, but it's not granulated or anything like that. No bleaching and nothing like that. Yeah, that's cool. And so, um. I was always but, interested in that stuff because I remember like when uh, people started finding the old um, like vampire kits from like the 18th century and those were like super interesting to me at least. Yeah, uh, vampire kits and an exorcist kit are almost almost identical. Okay, um, I mean, if you really want to think about it, a vampire is a demon. So yeah, give yeah. or take. Well, some I was gonna stakes. say yeah, we've we've had that yeah. conversation before where we're like a lot of the things about a vampire kind of line up with, with a lot of the things for a demon. So it's like, is there the possibility yeah. that there's this uh, a relation? Yeah, I had to teach Jared yeah. that sexy vampires aren't real and they're super gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want to suck your blood. Um, but uh, when uh, yeah, there there's not much difference between them. Okay. Um, you know, hold, hold, holy water uh, stops them. Anything blessed, uh, crucifix, cross, um, you know, they're they're just, they're just not that different. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. One sucks blood. The other, the other just sucks in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing, going, you know, kind of going off of that off of that little joke there, the one thing demons hate is when you mock them. Mm-hmm. So the last time, the last exorcism I did uh, was of Lucifer, and I was calling him Lucy the whole time, and he hated it. He freaking he he hated it. The point where he would not come up. <clears throat> you know, it, I I had to make him come up. He he was making the person fall asleep and and all that. And then I I just told him I said, look, why don't you just go back to hell where you belong? <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be so powerful, and and you're not, and you know, come on, do something. You know, I was basically trying to provoke it, but he just would not. He just would not want to. He didn't didn't want to deal with me. So they're like some prima donnas, really. Like they don't yeah. want their ego hurt. Yeah, basically, they they hate they. You know, they try to mock you, but they hate when they get it back. So <laughs> I feel like most people are like. <laughs> just, yeah. It's just good like to know that demons are just like just like everybody else. Yeah, just like exactly. school bullies. Exactly, that's exactly what they are: is bullies. You know, and if if you treat them like that, you'll win. All right. Very cool. Well, um, Dan, thank you very much for joining us, though. I know you have some place to be that's very, very important. So we don't want to we don't want to hold you up from that. Uh, But we really appreciate you being here and, you know, sharing your stories with us and sharing your insights. Uh, This is definitely uh, very different from a lot of a lot of, you know, what we've talked about, what we've heard. So it's really interesting to get that uh, that extra insight. Um, If people wanted to follow what you do um, or ever needed, you know, hopefully they don't. But if they ever needed to get in contact with you, what uh, what platforms and what what should they go do to follow you? I'm sorry, that's my son. Um, You're good. Go to uh, go to uh, Facebook right now. Um, our web, my face, my old Facebook account got hacked, which was attached to my uh, websites. I can still get messages on um, on the New Jersey Ghost Detectives website, um, but the easiest way right now to contact me is just through Facebook. Okay. Um, Reverend Dan Todd, SOSM, New Jersey Ghost Detectives, Order of Exorcists, and St. Benedict's Anglican Church, NJ. Everything has an NJ after it. 
Okay. Okay. So, but they're because they're I can't access my other Facebook account. So there's there's two pages. One, the current ones are the ones with NJ after it. Okay. Yeah, we noticed that earlier when we were yeah. doing some research on it. I was wondering if one was like a like a split off group, but that makes sense. No, no, I got hacked um, and all that, and the guy I paid to have my Facebook bring my Facebook account back um, kind of screwed me in the long run. Um, he actually deleted my logins and all that. So now I can't even get in. So Ooh. even like the website host won't even allow me on uh, to, to update my websites and stuff. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Which is, I, I'm in the process of changing website hosts um, okay. and re- redoing the website. So it's just going to, it's just taking me a little bit of extra time. I just don't, I just don't have a lot of time for, uh, Gotcha. I can understand that. Right yeah, we definitely right understand now. that feeling. But yeah, but since since this is gonna air, you're gonna air this what Halloween? Yep. So let me say this: we're doing an event down in Cape May, uh, November third to the fifth. At uh, it's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night uh, at the Marquis de Lafayette Hotel in Cape May, New Jersey. We'll uh, it start at eight eight p.m. to uh, to be a part of it. Book a room. Use code Ghost G H O S T. And uh, and get your room. We're gonna have, we're gonna do a little bit of paranormal one on one. What what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. Um, we're going to have some of the artifacts that we've removed from cases, some of the cursed items there, as well as uh, to do that, you have to give us, you know, you have to give a donation. But with the donation, you're getting um, that vial, a bottle of holy water, as well as we're going to put any evidence that we collect from the investigation from that weekend onto. Uh, Either a CD or an email. I don't know how my tech guys uh, work in it, but we're going to send you everything. So for just a, for any for a donation, you get all that. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering if you did any kind of um, like took out people for events. Yeah, we very do. cool. Yeah. We do, but we don't do it very often. Okay. Uh, so this is know. kind of perfect timing. So so any of our listeners, if you're if you're in the general Cape May area, make sure to check that out. Yep. So, um, and again. Yeah, small donation. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun while we're down there. So, sounds good. Yeah, very cool. All right. So, thank all you very right, much Dan, for joining. Well, thank us. you very much for being here. All right, thank you for having me. And if you want to talk more, let me know. Of course. Definitely. <laughs> you have a great one. Bye. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks again to Reverend Dan for talking with us. It was definitely nothing I had experience with before. Yeah, same. Um. I know I myself am um, always <laughs> did have done everything he said not to do. Yeah. Uh, done some of those, but done all of those. <laughs> yes. I say some is a little, uh, done all of those recently, <laughs> possibly, uh, with witnesses. Um, but no, I, I definitely like to see, I mean, I really want everything supernatural to be real. I want it all to be real. Be, uh, you want all of it to be real. all of it, even the scary, even the scary stuff. All, every, really, yeah, really, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> um, I just want to be drug off into the woods by Bigfoot and made sweet love to. Yeah, and is that so much to ask? That's apparently. <laughs> Although I guess you do have to worry that the Mothman's going to come and arrest you. That yeah, for being well, accessory you, you're hanging point. out with Bigfoot. You are absolutely in Mothman's radar. But speaking of cryptids and other spooky things. We have a submission from Rain and Luna from the podcast Spooky Natural. 
Happy Halloween to Kyle, Matt, and Jared, and all your listeners. My name is Rain, and I'm from Spooky Natural Podcast. And I'm here to tell you a little tale. It's a legend that me and my cousins sort of made up when we were kids and tried to scare each other with, and I've made it into a little story that I'm going to try to scare you all with, too. (laughs) This is the legend of Old Man Logan. We were apartment kids in the city and didn't have a lot of wilderness to play in. On the edge of the property, however, there was a bit of a forest that was between us and some other small towns. But this was nowhere that kids should play. I looked around for a big enough stick. My cousin searched too, for we needed them to fight, although we only thought they would be for play not to actually save our lives. We found some good thick sticks that we could swing around and not be too heavy, but not easily break either. We banged them together as if we were sword fighting, testing their strength. Clack, clack. They held up. All right, let's go, my cousin said in approval of our choices. We started to head off deeper into the woods, away from the safety and sight of other people in the apartments. My cousin liked to try and scare me. You know about the legend of old man Logan, right? He asked me. I rolled my eyes, as I had long learned not to believe his stories. But I found it fun to listen anyways. No, what legend? I asked back. Well, it's said that in these very woods, an old, crippled man lives in a shack. He was cast out of society for trying to steal children. They say he wanted to eat them. My cousin laughed, and I rolled my eyes again. Right, I replied sarcastically. We hit our sticks against trees as we passed them to make clanging sounds. I also liked kicking the fallen leaves around as I walked to hear all the crinkling sounds. I suddenly looked around to see that we had reached a point that we hadn't yet before. Turning around, I could no longer see the opening we had come through from the apartments. The idea of that made me nervous. Not because of my cousin's silly legend, but because I didn't want to get lost in the woods, especially when it wouldn't be daylight for much longer. I looked over at my cousin. Maybe we should go back now, dude. I don't want it to get dark. Why? Afraid old man Logan is going to come out and eat you, scared ass? (laughs) He laughed again and continued walking. I certainly wasn't going back by myself, so I carried on with him. There were pretty clear paths that we could follow in the woods, but suddenly we came to a larger clearing, and what did we see? But a busted up, old, decayed-looking shack. Holy shit, it's a shack, my cousin said, sounding genuinely surprised. There was a tree fallen over one side of the barely standing structure, and there were boards over what was once windows. I didn't really know how to react at the sight, but I definitely wanted to go back now. Let's check it out, I heard my cousin exclaim. What, are you crazy? Let's go home, I told him. He laughed some more and kept on forward up to the shack. I reluctantly followed him anyway. My cousin tried to peek through some of the boards to see inside, but had a hard time seeing around them. He took his stick and pushed at the crooked door that was on the side under the fallen tree. There was some resistance before it finally creaked open. This whole situation was spooky enough, 
when I then started to hear that familiar sound of rustling leaves. I jerked my head to look around for any movement in the trees. Hey, what was that? I whispered to my cousin. Probably just an animal or something, he replied. He stepped in the doorway of the shack now to look inside. Ah! he yelled as a swarm of flies flew out of the shack. He waved his stick around, shooing the flies away from him. I went forward to do the same with my stick to help him. Once the flies moved on, we were able to see inside the shack. It took a minute for us both to register the horror we now faced. There was a table in the middle of the shack, and there, lying on top of it, was a small body. It was clearly dead, and probably had been there for a long time. I suddenly noticed the smell and gagged, but neither of us could look away. What do you think it was? My cousin asked. I replied with, I'm not sure I want to know. My cousin's stick reached out and he poked at the thing on the table. A part of it moved and we both jumped, startled. It was an arm that now hung over the side of the table and we could see that it had a tiny hand with five fingers, very much like that of a human child. I heard us both scream as we turned to run from the shack, but we stopped short at what was now in front of us blocking our way back out of this forest. A raggedy man was hunched over, leering at us. Why are you in my shack? He bellowed, and I could see blotches on his face and slimy, thick spit in his mouth, bridging from tooth to tooth. What few teeth he had left, anyway. The man lurched towards us, limping and dragging one foot behind him. I could again hear the same rustling of leaves as he came. We were frozen in fear. The man reached out at us as he got closer, but my cousin snapped out of it and jabbed him in the stomach with a stick. The man groaned, and my cousin jabbed him again. There was a weird squelching sound as we saw the stick go through the man's body and poke out the other side. We then noticed that this man was extremely thin, and his tattered clothes showed that parts of his skin had fallen off. He opened his mouth in a scream, but no sound came out. Finally, I could move myself, and I shoved my stick through the thing's open mouth. There were more squelching sounds as the stick came out the back of his head. We had seen enough, and my cousin and I bolted around this creature. We ran as fast as we could and didn't dare to stop or even look back. As we ran, I could still hear the rustling of leaves the dragging sounds of the man's leg. He was coming after us, but how? What was he? It was full dark by this time, and my cousin was ahead of me. Dude, wait for me! I pleaded, and my cousin looked back. I saw his eyes widen at something behind me. Keep fucking running, he screamed, and I somehow got another burst of adrenaline to push farther forward. We finally reached the edge of the forest, and I could see lights from the apartment complex. My cousin grabbed my hand, and we flew through the opening, fully out of the woods. We both looked back finally, terrified by what we would see, but there was nothing there. I no longer heard leaves or the dragging of a leg. I no longer saw a decaying, ragged creature coming for us through the trees. What the hell? My cousin whispered. I don't even know, I whispered back. Our eyes kept searching the area, our minds confused and frightened but there was no one there. We slowly backed farther away from the forest 
still not trusting that it was over, and not knowing what else to do, we went home. Our parents asked where we had been, as they were worried, since it was much later than we had ever stayed out. Much later than it should have been, for the short amount of time that we thought had passed. I think we were both too afraid to speak of what happened, so we just said that we got lost. We never talked about the experience, and we never, never went into the forest again. (laughs) I hope y'all have a happy Halloween. Spook you later. And now we have another story from Tatiana of Tokyo-ish and Killer Lashes. Hey everybody, this is Tatiana Tokyo-ish, and I'm here to tell you one of the creepiest things that ever happened to me and is actually still happening to me. So throughout my childhood, my friends and I have always played like on a Ouija board at like slumber parties, like not really like believing in it, but like all girls want to be scared just a little bit. Plus movies like The Craft had came out. I mean, this was back in like the 90s. Um, We all thought we were witches. Like I did not know that my family had white witches in it. Uh, It was a secret that my mother kept from me. Um, I wish she would have told me because it would have had explained a lot of why certain things on the other side seemed to be drawn to me. I never knew like something could grab a hold of me. When I was 11, I had a brain tumor and no one knew until the day I fell out and fell back into the grass at my grandparents' house. I went into like seizures and convulsions. Um, It was weird because it was like the movie Get Out. Uh, where you see yourself like falling back and you don't hear or feel anything. But all I saw was my mom and my grandparents on their knees, like talking and yelling. But like all I was doing was steadily falling back farther into this like dark hole. And I was like trying to like grab up. Um, The more I fell, uh, the more peaceful and calm I felt. And like all my worries like started to melt away. Um, I still had no clue what was happening. Uh, Then above my body, like, I saw everything unfold because I was, like, up in the sky. Um, The ambulance came. I saw it. um, I followed it. And it was, like, a movement that I wasn't doing. It just was happening. I couldn't see any, like, physical body or ghost body of mine. I just could see through my eyes. But I I didn't see anything else of what I was following. Um, I was above my body. I saw everything. I saw that it was snowing outside, but I wasn't cold. Um, The next thing I saw was my body in the surgery room. It was kind of like flashes, and I couldn't do anything. But I kept trying to stay close to my body because it got harder and harder. Every time I looked, like, to the side of me, there was, like, no bright light. It was just darkness. And I kept trying to get pulled into it. Like, that's what it felt like. Something was, like, like a magnet. Um, I knew I didn't want to go there. The next thing I knew, I woke up in, in my body, and I was laying in the hospital bed. Um, I, was, I was back. I was really back. And my mother was sitting beside me, and she informed me that I had died twice on the way to the hospital and had been in, like, a deep slumber after surgery for about 10 hours. Um, she proceeded to tell me about my Italian history And like all the things on the island that I saw that I never understood about the white witches and all the so-called like powers we had. Uh, When I say powers, I mean like the energy we possess. 
um, that could be put into like use, like evil, like for evil or for good. Um, my mother closed the door on that when she was a little girl because she had gone back to her roots and she said she had come to get me um, when I was out of my body. And she called it like limbo. Uh, she said she was worried because all those times that I had played with the Ouija board, she saw it and she said that something had got a hold of me and I, I brought it back. Um, she was like really, really worried. Uh, I could see, I could see the worry on her face. She looked terrified and I knew that she wasn't messing with me. So, um, she, she told me that I'm going to feel different from now on. And I did. I felt like I had a different energy in me. And, uh, my mother lifted up my arms and turned them over to show me my inner arms and I could see these like long, creepy, like fingerprints, uh, like something tried to pull me and I was something was pulling me away. And you could see like almost like drag marks. Um, the doctors were actually puzzled about the marks uh, and never really paid too much attention to them. Um, it took me almost a year in the hospital to recover um, from everything. And um, in that ward, like things started to happen. At first, I thought it was like the medication, but I really wasn't on anything that could have made me hallucinate. Uh, the first incident was in the MRI machine uh, when I heard someone whispering, and then it felt really creepy, like fingers on my head. Uh, but the text just brushed it off as an electrical issue because they obviously seen something on the other side and they weren't saying anything. Um, I got really scared when I was in my room and I got moved two doors down from the burn unit. And it was really heartbreaking because I could hear all the kids like screaming all the time. And, like one day I was in my bed and I looked up and I seen there was a little girl and she was standing in the doorway. She looked like she was on like she had been in a fire, but like it was like dirty, like soot. She didn't say anything. And even when I asked her if she was lost, um, something urged me to follow her. So I did. And when I did, it was like right through the burn unit doors and the unit was like separated, had like powerful, like automatic doors that you couldn't open without a badge. Well, for some reason I stepped through and immediately I was surrounded by fire and the little girl's hands turned into those long, creepy hands that fit right into the spot on me, on my arms. Um, I had never been so scared in my life and somehow I pulled back and when I pulled back, everything went back to normal, except I had even more strange burn marks all over my body. And a couple nurses saw what happened and the looks on their faces were pure disbelief. They rushed me to the ER of the hospital and when they asked what happened, like when they were asked, none of them could explain. They had seen the exact same thing I did and they were just mouth open. Um, when my mom showed up, uh, they told her what happened and she said I was in danger and she arranged for a priest to come. Uh, we had a water ceremony in the basement of the pool in this hospital and we even included the nurses that witnessed what they saw. Um, things had settled down from there, but every now and again, I catch creepy hands in my social media videos, and even my fans have spotted strange apparitions. So cameras don't lie, and I know better now than to answer things that I can't see. So FYI, when you open the floodgates and bring something back with you, you cannot get rid of it. You can just transfer the energy or keep it contained. So things on the other side want a soul and will stop at nothing to get it. 
So that's my story. And I hope I didn't creep you out and keep listening to Talk Yo Ish. And that's Talk Yo I-S-H-I-S-H-H. I-S-H-H, talk your I-S-H-H podcast on all streaming platforms, and you will catch those apparitions. Um, I'll point them out for you. Happy Halloween. Hey, thank you for everyone submitting stories to us to make this spooky special a little spookier. So if you have a spooky story you'd like to share with us, make sure you send it on over to us. Where at, Kyle? Darkroomstories at gmail.com. And if you are a podcaster and you would like to personally share your story with us. Or be a guest. Shoot us an email at darkroomstories at gmail.com and we can if you you know we can set you up as a guest we can get your story recorded ahead of time and add it to one of these it would be super cool if too many people sent us stories and then we could just do more clip shows then it just might be too spooky for jared (laughs) thanks for listening everybody you can listen to the show anywhere that you listen to your podcast but the best place to do that's going to be on our website what is it guys rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com there it is and if you have a show and you want to be on our network you can fill out the form at the bottom of the homepage right there also at the website what is it guys one more time rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com there you go and you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at darkrumpodcast all right so until the next time everybody stay spooky goodbye